Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Welcome to the Ibert household (laughs) on this uh, Sunday morning. You are very welcome. Uh, Welcome to my table. Uh, You can't really see it very well, but it is here. There it goes. Uh, We're continuing our theme, Church Around the Table, this week and um, thinking about the challenge of the table. My name's Jo. I'm part of the leadership team here at Freedom Church and... um, yeah, I just wonder how your week's been this week, how how things have gone. It's been a, a week where things have changed a lot again, haven't they? And uh, perhaps we're beginning to get a bit worried about what's to come in terms of the trajectory of, of the pandemic. Um, for me, it's been a week where um, it's been a bit strange. Uh, on Sunday last week, we had to quickly all get together as a family before the six rule came in and um, plan. we planned to do it this weekend and uh, scatter my dad's ashes uh, alongside a, a place where we scattered my mum's five years ago. And then on Monday, it would, would have been my dad's birthday. Uh, we only lost him in March, so that's the first birthday. And then on Friday this week, uh, it was my dad's No, it was the anniversary of my mum's death um, five years ago. Uh, And in the middle of all of that, uh, this is family life sometimes, isn't it? In the middle of all of that, our eldest went and got herself a distinction in our MSC, as some of you would have seen on Facebook, because I was super proud. And um, and that's brilliant. So the highs and lows of life um, and uh, the emotions that we endure. And and, yeah, it's it's not been easy, but actually... It's not um, wasted either. And, and I've been reflecting a lot on um, my childhood since my dad died in March and, and also on sort of growing up and, and, and all of those things. And one of the things that uh, I remembered was the fact that as, as a family growing up, we always had people around our table. We just did. There were always uh, random, always different people uh, joining us for meals. And it was fantastic. My dad was the pastor of a church in a in a vibrant village in in, in East Sussex, and my mum was the world's greatest hostess. When you lose a parent, you do a lot of reflecting, don't you, and a lot of uh, remembering. And part of that was I was reminded of a teaching series that my dad. Uh, did as the pastor of the church uh, back in the early 1980s. And this teaching series was called The Upside Down Kingdom. And that's why I say this all feeds in, because actually uh, all the things that I've been going through this week have all made me realise that nothing is wasted, that all my sort of childhood experiences and, and my the memories of growing up and the influences that my parents had on me have all uh, enabled me to be who I am today and good or bad. And and all of that has an impact and an influence. And for me, remembering this series, The Upside Down Kingdom, was one of the things that got me thinking about um, church around the table and how do we do church? How do we be church in a time where we can't do or be church in a way that traditionally we would have done. And do you know what? The teachings of Jesus were utterly radical. And that's what this book um, was really about. And that's what I loved about it. 
it absolutely turned ideas of what the kingdom of heaven was uh, looked like on their head. I don't think I'd be a Christian now, if I'm brutally honest, if I hadn't heard this teaching back in the 1980s, because it convinced me that being a follower of Jesus was for me, because actually he was radical, he was inclusive, he was turning uh, the culture of the day on its head and continues to do so. It taught me that uh, it was countercultural, that he was edgy, disruptive, and uh, as I've said, inclusive. And I, I believe, sadly, that over the years, the church has perhaps dumbed down these teachings dumb them down to make them more palatable, easier to digest, easier to live by, easier to manage who's in and who's out of this club that we, that we call church sometimes. But that's what's so brilliant about this, is that that isn't the story, that isn't Those aren't Jesus' teachings. That isn't what he's called us to. And as we think about what church looks like now, we get a chance to throw fresh eyes over the way we've done things before, how things were, and and to start reimagining what what we've been called to. You know, keeping focus on a Messiah who challenges me to love the least, the last and the lost is something that I have my dad to thank for. He opened my eyes to this radical Jesus. And in a week where I'm remembering him and my mum and their hospitality and the way they did church, that all seems to come together quite beautifully for this talk this morning. And it makes me realise that nothing is wasted, that those experiences that we go through in life, however awful, however sad, however beautiful, none of that is wasted it's important to be grateful. Don't get me wrong, the series that Dad preached drove us all just a little bit mad because it went on for weeks and weeks. It was about 12 weeks long. And we did rib Dad about that a lot around the dinner table um, on a Sunday after church. But he was committed and absolutely committed to ensuring that our little church in that little village understood just how radical and countercultural Jesus' teachings were, just how inclusive Jesus was and calls us to be as well. He was passionate, my dad was passionate about us understanding that following this radical kingdom-turning Jesus, uh, really what that really meant if we were committing our lives to him and if as a community and as a church, we were going to be making a difference where we were. What a legacy that is. And so our story today is just one of those brilliant stories, those brilliant moments uh, in Jesus' teaching where he turns uh, things on their head in his teachings. He uses the table. Uh, he, He talks about feasting. He uses that language a lot as he goes about teaching uh, to illustrate the kingdom of heaven and to illustrate what that will be like. Uh, We're looking in Luke's gospel uh, a lot through this series. And in the gospel of Luke, there are more mealtime scenes than in uh, any other. Tom Wright says this, if Luke's vision of Christian life from one point of view is a journey, from another point of view, it's a party. Now I know why I like a party so much. Who doesn't? 
So let's read together Luke 14, 12 to 24. Then he turned to his host, this is Jesus, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives and rich neighbours, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, crippled, the lame and the blind. Then at the resurrection of righteous, of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another says, I now have a wife, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they'd said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. So as I've said, today we're thinking about the challenge of the table. What's the challenge for us as we read this? Well, I think in true speaker form, there are three challenges for us. The first is this, look again. Look again at what the kingdom of heaven is. Jesus likened it to a party where you don't have to prepare food or clean up afterwards. It's a party that everyone is welcome at and it's hosted by the best hosts. What have we made it? Jesus' challenge here is to the host to scrap his plans. Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives and rich neighbours, for they will invite you back. His challenge here is to lay aside compliments and gratitude that the host would have expected to get from the original invited guests. Lay aside the pride that he may have felt in throwing such an elaborate banquet lay aside the kudos and the wanting to impress his guests with lavish food and the best Chateau Neuf du Pape of the day. Jesus' challenge to the host was to throw the doors open and throw the best party for those who wouldn't ordinarily be invited, those outside his social circle, those who won't be able to repay, may not even care that the meat is locally sourced and the vegetables are from the local organic farm just down the road. He's painting a picture of his new kingdom of heaven, the one he has come to bring, the good news, this upside down kingdom. It's the best and it's only by grace and grace alone. 
allowing people a seat at the table, a sense of belonging, of being valued for who they are and included regardless of their status, gender, sexuality, sin, family background, ethnicity and economic mobility and an opportunity to find forgiveness and wholeness no matter what any of us have done is what's on offer. You know, none of us deserve a place at the table, but we're all invited regardless. Who can you invite to sit at your table? No more than six and obviously socially distanced. It's far easier actually to invite people to your home than to a church service. It's far more normal to do that. Who can we invite? Jesus did a lot of reclining at tables in his ministry. He taught through telling stories. He chatted with his disciples. He ate, he drank, he engaged. The table is a picture of the kingdom of heaven. It's a place where relationships are formed, parties are had, truths are told, conflicts are resolved and love is shown. If you're the host and not expecting an invite back, it's a place of grace, which is acceptance. It's good news. The table is good news. You see my dog in the background. He's invited to the table, despite his awful behaviour at times. Leonard Sweet says this in his book, From Tablet to Table. The Pharisees lived by laws, rules and exclusions. Jesus showed us how to live by love, grace and inclusion. At the table, you don't just feed people. We build relationships, stories and memories. Look again. Through this pandemic, we are being forced to look again at what church is. It's giving us a golden opportunity to reach out, to deepen relationship, to look again at what Jesus taught us so clearly about what matters and what the kingdom of heaven really is. How much richer will we be if we grasp the challenge and live by love, grace and inclusion to invite and to build? The second challenge Look around. Who needs your time? Who is excluded? Who can you be generous to? Who can I be generous to? The Bible, this book here, is one story. It's a story of salvation history that has been told and retold down the ages, around tables, in all sorts of places. It's one story and it sums up the story of God's relationship with his people, with all its twists and turns. It's a story of grace and love and inclusion. It's also a story of justice and hope for the least, the last and the lost. He says here, instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. As those who have been invited to the party and who have accepted the invitation, it's then our responsibility to become the hosts and to do the same for others. 
So what does it mean to go out and invite the least, the last and the lost to our tables, if that's the case? It dawned on me this week, God was giving me an illustration of what my attitude should be in the midst of my day-to-day life. I was concerned about having enough time to get this talk prepped, and I knew that I needed a good sort of day, day and a half. I planned it in on Monday Monday afternoon and Wednesday morning. On Tuesday, which is my CAP day, I was at a CAP conference all day. And during it, I had two messages from clients who really needed my time. So Wednesday morning, not my CAP day, I was spent driving around, visiting them, listening, delivering food, and generally trying to do what I could to help them. If I'm honest, I was slightly resentful of this before seeing them until it dawned on me just how hypocritical I was being. I thought, I'm speaking about the challenge of the table. I'm speaking about inviting the least, the last and the lost to my table. And yet I'm feeling like this because I'm being inconvenienced, because it's being, I'm being disrupted, because I can't do what I need to do today. And it dawned on me that actually, as Jesus demonstrated and talked about and taught, that whenever we come across a person in need, we should make them a priority. The challenge is a universal one of need. People experience poverty and oppression in all sorts of ways. If we take time, take the time to offer relief to feed the hungry, to offer shelter, to speak out on behalf of others, to listen, to include, to involve. Then, as it says in Isaiah 58, God's light and healing will appear in the lives of those that he has called. So how do we apply this challenge? Well, I would start by asking myself, as I did this week, and asking us all some questions. Who needs your time? Who needs your love and attention in your place of work, in your school, in your home, in your family or your friendship group? Who should you invite to your table to hear their story, not to talk at them, but to hear their story and show them that unconditional love? Who is hard work to include at work Uh, at school, in your friendship group or family? Who is it easy to overlook because of the way they behave and the signals that they give off? You just think, no, they're pushing me away. They don't want my attention. Who will consume a disproportionate amount of time out of your day for little reward? Who can you speak up on behalf of? Who can you use your voice for? A word of caution, though, in amongst all of this. Let's not get overwhelmed. We are in an odd time. I love Dave Steele's talk over the summer. And if you haven't caught up on any of those summer talks, I would really recommend you do. It was really encouraging. But Dave Dave spoke about um, the woman who brought perfume to Jesus. And he said this simple phrase, do what you can today. The challenge went a little further with do all you can with what's in your hands. Let's not get overwhelmed. Let's not try and save the world in that sense, but do what you can. Invite those people to your table, physically or metaphorically. Jesus' challenge is clear. 
we are to reach out to those who won't repay us. And that's an image, an illustration of his grace. Look around, invite and include at your table. Then God's light and healing will appear. And the third challenge from this passage, I think, is this. Look beyond. We are expected to be the party hosts once we have accepted the invitation to be the guest. As I've said before, this pandemic, for all its awfulness, has given us a great opportunity to pare things back, hasn't it? And to focus perhaps on what's important, to reflect on those things. Church, in its original simplest form, was around the table. It was living, learning, loving and discipling together around the table, breaking bread together, eating food together, drinking wine together and just being together. It was truly relational. Let's allow ourselves perhaps to look beyond, to look beyond what we had to what we have now to not hanker after what was, but to seize the opportunity, this new opportunity to be the kingdom of heaven party host in our own homes and create a table that is brimming with fun, love, grace, acceptance and inclusion. Let's challenge ourselves to include those who won't or can't repay us because it's not about us. It's about pointing others towards Jesus and modelling his love for them. Look again, look around, look beyond. That's the challenge of the table. Jesus' mission statement or the Nazareth Manifesto, as it's been named by some theologians, lives on in us. It's quoted directly from Isaiah in the Old Testament, demonstrating, as I said earlier, This is one story, one mission, one purpose. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of our Lord's favour. It's a manifesto that is born out of relationship with God the Father and his Holy Spirit. It's a manifesto that challenges us to look again, look around and look beyond ourselves until the day Jesus returns. The upside down kingdom, Jesus' radical, inclusive, life-giving, love-sharing, grace-bearing seat at the table with him is there for all. Our job is to invite and build relationship, to offer our tables as places of inclusion and love. Look again, look around, look beyond. And indeed, it will be a blessing to attend the banquet in the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to thank you for your radical challenge for the way you came and you turned the established ideas of what a kingdom of heaven might look like on their head. I want to thank you that you included, that you loved, that you showed grace. And I pray that as we 
think about how we do church, how we are church around the table, one church in many homes, that we will do the same, that we will look around and we will uh, be prepared to give of ourselves for others and include people, invite people and include people uh, as uh, to our tables. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of relationship. And we give ourselves to you afresh today and we ask you to use us in this, in this way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.